Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Druids Grove. I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone. I've received a couple of reviews and a couple of emails, and it's really awesome to hear from people, and I want to thank you for that. It sounds like the podcast is serving its purpose. Um, You know, if I say anything inaccurate or wrong, it is totally by accident. Um, I'm not not trying to do that. Um, I just, I'm kind of a little bit self-conscious about providing correct information, but that's, that's kind of my goal here is just to provide a jumping off point for exploration for someone that's a beginner in the Druid pathway or someone that may be just interested just to kind of provide some information and historical background. So, so thank you for reaching out if you have. So today we are going to be talking about the Ovate. Last episode was about the Bard. Um, and before we jump into that, another little comment, um, in my Ovate studies, I've had a few epiphanies recently, so um, I won't go into depth about it, but I'm kind of going back over the whole grade. I'm a few months into it, and I wanted to just start over really quickly, so I've started working on some of the the, the first lessons, and it's just it's hitting me completely differently, so um, I've had a few really interesting epiphanies, and, and this morning, I'm actually recording this in a parking lot, so I pulled over and there was a raven sitting on top of a lamppost, and it's cawing, uh, kind of croaking at me. And I'm wondering what it's saying. Um, that's part of the, the Ovate um, studies, is trying to listen to the animals and see what they're telling you. So I'm not sure, but I'll kind of think about that a little bit. Okay, so jumping into the Ovate. Uh, in the order of bards, Ovates, and Druids, and in other um, Druid studies, the Ovate is kind of the second step on the path to becoming a druid. Um, if we think about the word ovate, uh, it's derived from ova, O-V-A, uh, which also means like egg. Um, so if we think about where the bard was full of like light and energy, uh, inspiration, creativity, the ovate grade is more about um, kind of looking at the darker side of things. It's about um, incubation and uh, rebirth and darkness and kind of the darkness before the light and seeing into the darkness of things. <clears throat> Historically, the Ovates were kind of very esoteric. Um, very few people or very few Druids stayed only in the Ovate studies um, because they are so specific and esoteric. Um, but it was kind of uh, an aspect of Druidry as a whole. Um, very, like I said, very few people really focused on it. These were these people that did this and and really focused on this were considered seers. Um, they had uh, you know the divination and performed insight into things. Uh, they were kind of considered to be travelers through time and myth, um, and and other nature-based practices. They may may be seen as shaman or shamans. Um, you know, it's like speaking to the ancestors and doing uh, ancestor worship or or traveling through space and time. The Ovate is considered the most spiritual of the Druids. I guess that would be a term you could use. Um, 
they they kind of accessed the unseen, whereas the bard is about acknowledging the seen and connecting to what is seen. You know, the the animals, the plants, and the trees, and the the elements, and and connecting to the visible and seen earth. Whereas the ovate looks at the unseen. One one form of practice that you know I'm going to do a whole episode about later is they talked about uh, they use divination to to kind of foresee the future, learn from the past. So historically, they would be using divination to tell leaders about maybe what the best decision would be, for instance, uh, how to navigate a war or whether they should enter into trade with another leader or another region. Um, they use divination by looking at the weather. They could, they could forecast the weather based on the clouds, the flight of the birds, the movement of wind. Um, they could also communicate with the other world. Um, I know a lot of the terms I'm going to use in this talk about the ovate seems very far-fetched. And if you're not familiar with it or if you're not into other spiritual practices um, or, or mainstream spiritual practices, it's going to seem really weird. Um, but once you get into it, it's it's pretty interesting. It's, it's the kind of stuff that's always there. It's just putting a term to it and being aware of it. So um, they do communicate with the other world, which could be like the fae, F-A-E, or fairy folk. Um, these We'll talk about this later as well, but um, these are like um, forest spirits, um, nymphs or elves or wood, wood spirits or tree spirits or dwarves or... And again, I know this sounds really crazy, but... Um, it's it's part of the mythology, so that's that's kind of where I'm going with it. Just telling the history history and the mythology of it. Um, they also could communicate with animals, which included what what we've talked about earlier is like shape shifting, um, you know, shape shifting into the form of a bird or a deer or a bear or a fish to take on that animal's characteristics. You know, was it metaphorical or was it was it real? Um, you know, they may become a bird to kind of gain sight and soar over. A battlefield or a, a salmon for um, its fluidity and perseverance of swimming upstream and you know going up the stream of life or maybe a stag or a deer um, to kind of connect to that gift of life of creation of passion and ambition and, and following that characteristic they could also see into other dimensions so when we think about our human body we have a limited number of senses and we only perceive a small portion of the dimensions of reality. So there are other senses that we have, and the ovates and, and shaman and other kind of spiritual paths along this line really work to develop these other senses and these other sense, sense of consciousnesses, <laughs> I guess is a word, um, to perceive these other dimensions of reality. They were also seen as healers. Um, they used herbalism and I guess alchemy to kind of create tinctures, medicine. Um, they utilized food for healing. Um, they were kind of considered the doctors of the day. And if we look at the Appalachian region of the United States, um, in the eastern part of the United States, the Appalachian mountain chain, there's a, a term called granny witch, like a grandma, grandmother, a granny witch. And this is um, kind of folklore, but people... And people really won't um, kind of acknowledge it, but really all it is is just um, the vision of an older woman that knows a lot about the land around her, and knows a lot about the plants and the herbs and 
has a lot of folk remedies, um, you know, maybe doesn't get to town very much, doesn't believe in, you know, updated medicine practices, that kind of thing, and just can heal things through food and herbs and tinctures and that kind of stuff. Um, but again, you know, if you say granny witch or if you talk about it um, from this ovate perspective, it kind of gets dismissed and it's like, no, I'm just I'm just using this plant to do this thing because that's what we've always done. But if we think about in Appalachia, where the, the people came from that live in Appalachia, these were Celtic peoples that came, you know, over from the northwestern part of Europe, you know, a few hundred years ago. And they've carried a lot of those traditions of living off the land and the folklore and the mythology. And they, they came into the northeastern United States and they didn't want to be in the cities. They didn't want to be surrounded by people. They were used to living kind of a, a rustic lifestyle. So they migrated down the Appalachian uh, mountain chain and have, have settled in various parts and, and live a very rural lifestyle. So similar to um, Druids, th- these this type of person, you know, they, they look at reading omens. They are very superstitious. They have herbal remedies. They they can tell forecast the weather. So, you know, just because it's a different time today compared to thousands of years ago and in a completely different region, it it doesn't discount where it came from. So, both practices can can be related even if some people don't acknowledge them. And this could be, you know, anywhere in the world, not just Appalachia. Anywhere in the world where historically other other um, spiritual practices, you know, live off the land and, and utilize the herbs around them and, and the plants around them and have their own folklore and, you know, have superstitions about their locality and, and, and read omens in the animals and the plants and the trees. These are all s- similar spiritual practices. They just um, have different terminology. So specifically back to the ovates, they did study... And do today, uh, people in the ovate grade study tree lore and herbalism. Um, this is where the term oak wisdom or oak knowledge comes from. They studied and applied the philosophy of trees to everyday life. Um, and in the ovate grade, you you practice this and learn how to do this extensively. Um, they communicate with trees. They understood the tr- energy of trees. Not just you know each type of tree has its own energy. But each individual tree, even within um, that specific type of tree, so a di- one oak may feel different than a di- another oak tree, and they all have their different energies. Um, and you kind of learn how to to relate to this different energy flow, and you communicate with these trees based on the energies that they they have around them. Um, Ovates applied the concept of um, a grove of trees. So if you think about you go into the forest and, and you know, you may have a bunch of uh, trees kind of gathered in a certain area and there may be a small opening in between, you know, in today's um, society we may go on a, a walk through the woods and see a little opening and think, oh, that would be a nice campsite, you know, it's nice and flat, there's a place to put up a tent, we could have a bonfire, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is historically and in, in, in today's practice, a, a grove of trees or an area like that is a, it, you can look at that from a place to go for respite, um, kind of to escape the 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 trappings of of society today. It's kind of um, it's a respite to get out and get away from 
what's going on in the world around us and to really connect with nature. And, and one thing, without giving too much information away, um, you learn how to develop an inner grove. So somewhere that you can meditate and go to when you need to for healing or connection or seeking insight from ancestors or other spirits or beings or guides um, or just, you know, meditating and seeking guidance from the universe. So this concept of gro- a grove, um, that's kind of where the term for this podcast came from, the Druid's Grove. So this is an area that I want to have people to be able to come to for to get some baseline knowledge and information and understanding and to connect with others and to kind of help develop and foster their relationship with Druidry. So back to the Ovates again. Uh, They also studied astronomy. They understood the passage of time, the seasons. They advised about planting and harvesting times. Um, They were very connected to the wheel of the year. You know, and where we look at the bards, the bards opened doors through the use of word, spoken word or written word or song. And Ovates opened the doors of time through prophecy divination, time travel. Um, You practice going back in time and speaking to your younger self or going to the future and speaking to your future self or the the past or future sense of other beings to gain insight and wisdom and knowledge and to seek guidance. Again, the bard would bring to consciousness the aspect of light and the ovate brings in the aspect of darkness and they look into this darkness of human nature um, they explore the the depths and you know the treasures of the human soul they look deeply into the nature of things they look they look wholly completely at the human consciousness from birth to death so whereas a bard is all about living in the moment and and appreciating what is around and, you know, they learned about history and taught history and, and that kind of thing, but it was all about being in the present moment. The Ovate expands their, 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 their view, their focus from, from even pre-birth to birth to the lifespan to death to what happens after death. They looked at the energy transition between death and, and reincarnation and returning to life and whatever sense that looks like, whatever form your energy takes on after we die. They also we talked about the energy with uh, trees, but they understand the flow of energy between all things. Um, if you're not familiar with these concepts, again, it's going to sound a little weird, but just you know, try to, if you don't mind, please have an open mind. Um, so they do look at the, the, the energy between all things and, and non-living things, which some people would call non-living and um, that's a different topic about um, I'm going to do an episode on animism um, coming up here in a few weeks Um, animism is the concept that everything is alive so just very briefly but so non-living things have energy as well not just living beings Um, so you look at rocks or um, soil or a table or a cell phone you know these things have energy in them and if we look at what is considered to be alive is something with energy and a rock may not seem like it has energy but it it absolutely does and it's it's a measurable energy but anyway 
So the ovates go back to this flow of energy between things and they learn how to tap into it and manipulate it and understand it and connect to it to improve the lives of themselves and those around them. Um, this could be like a form of magic, I guess you could say. So we talked, you know, had the episode about magic and we briefly talked about that. So today, the practitioner of the ovate grade um, may look like a witch um, or, or performing witchcraft. You know, they're working with the elements, they're performing divination, they're building a knowledge of the local plant life for healing and, and divination and insight and um, building relationships with trees, um, you know, or, or connecting to the other world or building, opening portals to the other world or to the Fae and to communicate with them and learn from them. Again, the ovate looks at all things and sees that all things are connected. They are all interconnected. There is no, you know, there's no action without a reaction. Um, they, they begin to develop an understanding and a practice of magic based on principles of science. So, you know, they, physics and energy transformation, um, directional application of energy, um, using science in a way to help things that are interconnected to um, exist more wholly and to heal. Um, they look more deeply into the human soul and its um, kind of transcendence through time and space, you know, from the, the life cycle and what happens before and after the life cycle. And, and they look at that energy and they understand and try to understand and see where it's coming from and where it's going. They develop an understanding and application of these principles. Um, they work with them um, in meditation and, and outside of meditation. So, for instance, the principle of reincarnation, um, and it's okay if you don't believe in reincarnation. This is just, again, this is just a concept um, that many Druids um, believe is kind of a foundational practice based on the energy of things being alive and what happens after the physical body dies. And if you don't believe in it, that's that's 100% okay. Like I said, you can... You can take or dismiss anything that you like in Druidry. Um, but the energy, or sorry, the principle of reincarnation helps us to understand that time is not necessary, necessarily linear. You know, we are just energy transferred and transformed from one form to another, from one vessel to another. And this, this is what makes Druidry to be considered a life-affirming rather than death-preparing tradition. And I heard Christopher Hughes, he's a, a Welsh Druid author and head of the uh, Anglesey Druid Order in Wales, but he said that in a, in a podcast, and it really stuck with me, so I'll say that again. This is what helps to make Druidry a life-affirming rather than death-preparing tradition. So what does that mean? Um, if, if we are considered to be energy, you know, we realize that we are just energy that will be transferred elsewhere upon our death. Whether into a tree, an animal, a stone, another human being, um, it, it gives us this sense of urgency to enjoy our present life and a, kind of a sense of preparation and respect of the other beings around us that we may one day become. So, you know, rather than living a life um, preparing for death, and what's going to happen after death, we can exist in the present and be thankful and grateful and truly enjoy the life that we are living now rather than living a life of, you know, stoicism and avoidance and restriction and constriction. 
We can live a life full of gratitude and love and magic and expression. You know, when we think about it, we are we are the universe expressing itself through human form. We are not simply a single entity that has this one life and after death we become, you know, kind of translocated and isolated into a single space and then we exist in this space separate from everything else forever. We are just energy that gets transferred and transformed into another form. So ovates, um, they are also aware of the various worlds, the other worlds, um, the one that we see, and also the infinite number that we don't see. Um, they look at our energy and our life force, or our life spirit, um, and understand that it can travel between worlds upon death and rebirth. We do have an accumulation of previous life experiences that were able to be accessed if we work on accessing them and understanding that, and we can train and gain wisdom of how to do this. And again, this is considered to be an, an aspect of shamanism and other practices. Um, it's not just uh, a foundational approach to druidry, but n numerous other spiritual, spiritual practices and religions around the world teach this. I guess kind of to get on a soapbox for a moment, you know, the loudest voice is usually the one that is heard. So I don't, I'm not sure if you've heard that concept before, but, you know, even though you may be incorrect about something, if you say it the loudest and the most frequently, it will be heard by more people. Um, so, you know, it's kind of no wonder that so many people have come to have this belief that we have one life and one soul and one precept or concept of the afterlife. Um, but when we step back and, and look at the numbers, uh, the actual majority of the people in the world believe otherwise. Um, most religions by number, most people, or non-religious people, um, you know, they, they see that we, however, whatever term they use for it, they see that we are energy. We are transferred into other life forms and entities upon death, and we're able to contact this other world and the other entities through the practice of developing um, increased uh, perception in that way. Again, this all seems way out there and really far-fetched, and it may dissuade some of you from looking into Druidry, but I just want to reiterate, there is no dogma in Druidry. So there's no, you have to do these specific things. You can choose to accept or reject, you know, whatever ideas of Druidry that you like or don't like. But, you know, what's important in any spiritual practice is keeping an open mind and investigating what feels right to you. And again, that also seems counterintuitive to other religious practices. So most other spiritual practices tell you, you got, you've got to do these things and you've got to believe these things and anything else is wrong. Druidry is the opposite. As I said before, you can be any religion or spiritual practice. Druidry is just something that you can, 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 can facilitate and bring in and utilize however you want to. So looking at today, what does an ovate do today? I want to step back and look at all of this talk about death <laughs> and darkness and, you know, solemnity and... Um, negativity. It, it seems like it's this really dark, horrible, you know, nasty thing to look at. But, but what it does allow for is an appreciation and an insight into the beauty of life, um, the beauty of transformation, of seeing into the nature of things, the interconnectedness of everything, which leads to a respect and a love for all things. 
So we've got all this dark stuff that we're looking at, but by looking into the dark, we are able to appreciate and respect the light. Again, it doesn't mean that, that um, we're avoiding looking into the darkness and, and death and these kind of things. Um, many ovates practice divination through working with um, animal bones, you know, whether um, they are found in the woods or they are harvested from an animal that they hunted. Um, they work with the spirits of the dead in the other world uh, to gain guidance and insight into today and how to live a better life through this guidance. They, they focus not on death more, uh, more so, but on rebirth. So that's what the ovate, the ova, uh, the egg. So there, there's this dark period inside the egg, but again, they're focusing on the, the rebirth component of that. It's not focusing on the death as in things are ending. Um, you know, life is cyclical. So like the wheel of the year, you know, we are born, we, are, we die, we're reborn again. This is true in all life, plant life, trees, animals. Stones get, you know, reformed into the, the Earth's crust and come out a different, a different stone millions of years later. Uh, the life of a river, a fire, um, you know, everything in the universe is cyclical. It goes through a cycle. Also, if we look at every cell in our body was once out in outer space. Every atom on Earth was once in outer space. So Carl, Carl Sagan, he's, um, he's an astrophysicist, he said, um, he's kind of an older guy, but he, he was one of the first ones that kind of brought, you know, astrophysics and, and astronomy and, and physics to kind of the cultural understanding and made it more palatable. Um, he said, we are made of star stuff. And from the ovate or druid perspective, this helps us to connect to everything around us and develop love and understanding and a relationship with, with everything around us. By utilizing these principles, the ovate can help to help us and to help themselves to be a better healer and a better communicator. By, by integrating science and spirituality and the relationship and, and the understanding of everything around us, we can help others to understand these teachings and to kind of guide them utilizing the tools at our disposal. You know, like I mentioned earlier, they were healers, so they would use food, herbs, energy, self-knowledge and self-insight and wisdom, um, building on that connection with other people, as well as letting go of ego and, and realizing that our role um, and, and how insignificant we are in the universe is what allows us to, to develop and connect and, and work with others. Um, one of my favorite movies from years ago was Fight Club. Um, on, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's kind of violent, but uh, philosophically it's very interesting. Um, but um, Tyler Durden, his name is a character in there, and he said, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. I'll say that again. He said, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. And so that that's really kind of takes on an ovate's perspective. You know, if we continue to hold on to self and ego and try to control the things around us, then we are not free to be open and to connect with others and to see the beauty in nature and the beauty in everything around us and to build a relationship of respect with the universe and the earth and the people around us. Um, in Obad, I'm not sure about other Druid orders, um, there's a term called Nuifre, 
It's N-W-Y-F-R-E. Um, in other traditions, it may be called like Chi. Um, in Asian um, Asian philosophical or religious traditions, or Qi, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, or, or you know, it may be a different term elsewhere. But what it, what it comes down to is um, Nuifre is the life force or the inner energy flow that runs through all things. And it's the Ovate uses this to kind of encourage, they work to understand and, and encourage this flow and to kind of tap into it and to keep it balanced throughout the body and through their energy systems that they interact with in the environment. So kind of wrapping things up, I know this has been a deep dive and it's been really weird for a lot of people probably, <laughs> um, but the Ovate, they continue to teach, uh, utilize the teachings of the Bard and they build upon them. So they they work together with their the, the newer teachings that they're gaining, this deep, dark insight into the universe and the function of things and the connection of things. But they also utilize the aspects of the bard to help on expressing them. Um, like I said, they're building this deeper connection to the earth, to, to those around them, um, to further their understanding of the earth and the universe. They're developing these divination skills and working on herbalism and studying tree lore and the oum. Um, and plants and they're developing this connection with their local environment and at the same time learning how to travel through space and time you know metaphorically um, unless there's something I just haven't learned yet <laughs> um, you know they're traveling through space and time but they're also um, communicating with the other world and with other beings and with entities that are unseen by most people and I, I mentioned that in a previous episode about you know when, you, when you're in the woods and you can look at the connection and, and the function and the spirit of a tree or a plant or an animal and it's it's really cool to be there and be aware of that and to see that others are probably not aware of that or not looking into the the that type of reality around them you know what we see is just our perception of the reality if we can expand our perception then the same reality looks different completely different to to us so by developing these skills and expressing them through their bardic practices, again, one can realize how interconnected everything is and to help let go of this idea of ego and self and consumerism and, you know, me, 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 and learn how to have a relationship with the planet and their local environment and the inhabitants and the people and the animals and the spirits around them. And rather than feeling like an isolated island of a person going through this existence and trying to just run things on your own will and your own ego it's it's a beautiful way of living to be able to sit back let go and acknowledge and look at things and and pay attention and listen and appreciate the influence of the universe and the things around us and in essence that's what the ovate does so i hope this has been helpful i'm sure it's been probably a little out there for some people and and maybe a little confusing i'm sure there's a lot of stuff i left out but again this is just a, this podcast is meant to be kind of a brief introduction there's a lot of information out there if you want to go look up shamanism or journeying or uh, ovate practices or divination or herbalism i mean it's just you could spend a lifetime researching this stuff and talking about it so i hope this has been helpful and 
next episode we're going to get into the Druid Grade and talk about that. So thank you for listening, and I hope to see you again. Hello, everyone. So I am at a local park. It is late October. Um, I'm out walking my dog in the evening. Um, I usually, if I get home from work in time on certain days, I try to get out and do that and uh, just get outdoors and be in the woods for a few minutes before the early sunset. And I was just walking and starting down the trail, and I looked down and I saw some of that, I don't know what you might call it where you live, but where I live, um, it's like spring onions. It's the, in the early spring before the grass really starts growing, and these little thin, wiry, green shoots come up through the earth. And if you pluck them and you, you snap them in half or cut them, they smell like onions. And I always looked at that as the first sign of spring. And it was really weird because I never noticed that and I never paid attention to it. Um, earlier today I recorded the ovate uh, episode. And so I guess maybe I was just thinking about the whole cyclical nature of things and and what the ovate tends to focus on. And as soon as I saw that grass, it just made me think of the whole cyclical nature of the year because the first maybe 10 minutes of the walk... You know, I was looking at the orange and yellow and brown leaves and noticing how the grass is starting to turn brown a little bit and all the beautiful leaves on the ground and there's a pond here and the algae is starting to recede. It's not, you know, completely covered up. Um, the ducks are gone. You Normally there's a lot of ducks here in this pond that I come to and, and everything is just kind of slow, slowing down and slowly going away. And I saw that bright green shoot of grass. And I couldn't help it. I bent down and snapped some and picked it up and smelled it. And it just immediately took me to spring. You know, and I started chewing on it. And of course it tastes like onion. And it's just, it just really made me think of the whole cycle of nature. And, you know, going from spring to summer to here we are into fall, getting ready to head into the depths of winter soon. And... There's something that just pops up and reminds me of spring. And I just I, I just wanted to share that. Um, you can probably hear my dog. I don't know how good the microphone on this phone is. My dog's running around the leaves trying to get into a creek. Um, but it's just, it's interesting just looking around and seeing how things are slowly changing. Some of the leaves are already, you know, 90% empty. And... I see the squirrels running around and gathering nuts and getting ready ready for the winter. And like I said, the ducks are gone. And just even on this pathway that I walk on, it's a, a paved pathway in this little small park. But there's really dense, thick woods off to one side. And maybe a month ago, I looked over and um, when I was a kid, my dad taught me about looking for deer in the woods and the way to, to see deer in the woods is to look for a horizontal line because everything in nature tends to grow up. So trees are vertical, plants are vertical. Uh, maybe a downed log or a downed tree might be horizontal, but the only really other horizontal thing is the backs of animals. So if you're 
if you look through the woods, even in a very narrow view of the woods, and you see a horizontal line, you might see it's more than likely a, a deer. And so I was walking on this pathway and I looked over and I saw this horizontal line and I kind of stopped and, you know, swayed back and forth to kind of look through this little gap in the trees. And sure enough, there was a little baby fawn nestled down in the, in the underbrush and um, she was looking right at me. He was looking right at me. I don't know if it was a, you know, male or female, but it was looking at me. And then, so, so lately when I walk, I've been trying to look over there and see if I could see that little fawn again. I haven't, but as I was walking today, you know, a month later, it, it's just amazing how all of the weeds and the undergrowth and the brush, all of the leaves are falling off and, and, and dying. And I can, I can see all the way through the woods and up this hillside and up to the top of another hill. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting to pay attention to things like that. Um, I talked about it in the ovate grade uh, or the ovate studies about uh, paying attention to things that are um, seen and unseen and, and paying attention to the things that other people might not notice. And it just brings this depth of connection to the environment and to the world around me locally. And I can access that anytime. I can tap into that and gain this deep sense of appreciation and a cyclical nature of things and and being grateful for being in this moment. You know, I used to, I hated summer and I hated winter. And, you know, I loved the like two weeks of fall that we would get when the temperatures were comfortable or the couple of weeks of spring when the temperatures were comfortable. But now I try to just be grateful for whatever season it is and and look at it from this whole you know cyclical perspective and just appreciate being on that ride around the wheel of the year and wherever i'm at in that wheel of the year just looking at my local environment as it is right now and seeing all these connections and how things are related and how they work together and and just being grateful for it so sorry i'm rambling and i'm meandering like this creek beside me but um just wanted to share that thank you thank you so much for joining in at the druids grove i thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you i hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you if you liked what was shared please feel free to give back at buy me a coffee join me on substack where i have transcripts or listen on youtube and find the group on social media For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.